Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, Strong Runner Chicks. Want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, Knock Nutrition. Knock Bar is made by athletes for athletes with a ratio of four to one carbs to protein for long lasting energy, no GI discomfort, seven plus grams of complete sustainable protein, and even some electrolytes over 180 milligrams to help avoid cramping, as well as non-GMO, all natural ingredients. I would say that their bars are smooth and gel like a brownie, pretty tasty. So if you want to try Knock Bar, you can enter code STRONGRUNNERCHICKS for 15% off, and that is knockbar.com. So head on over there, check it out, and be sure to grab a box of Knock Bars. Delicious and nutritious. All right. All right. We are live. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome to another episode of SRC Radio. It's Megan here. Today I have Kelsey joining me for an episode with Myra Lopez, who we are so, so happy to have on the show. I've been um, I've been following Myra for a while now on Instagram, and I think it was Jordan Marie Daniel perhaps connected us. Yes, I, um, I'd heard of you from a couple people that you're just a positive force on the gram and really wanted to have you on the show and, and chat more about your running journey. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me, and thank you for those who... Um, you know, told you about me. I'm really thankful for them and the community in general. Um, so yeah, my name is Myra Lopez. I am a Palmdale resident as of December. I just moved out here from um, Altadena, California. Um, I am uh, 33 years old. I am engaged. I've been engaged for four years, probably engaged all my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> And um, yeah, I'm in um, the social uh, services field. I work with homeless individuals and I've been running since I was in high school. Wow. So a long time now with running in high school and with engagement. I feel like that can teach you a lot, I guess. Running teaches us to be patient. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Especially wonderful. my fiance. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, well, love it. So we always like to start off a little bit more with how you initially got started in running. Like what drew you to to start running in high school? So all my life, actually, I grew up playing um, baseball, softball. My dad in high school played baseball. Um, you know, when my brother was, my older brother was born, he started playing t-ball, baseball, and I was always like around with them at the park. But I remember like growing up um, at the park, um, Little Leagues, they didn't have girls teams. They didn't have softball teams. They didn't have anything like that. So I would always catch with my dad um, while my brother would train with his team. Um, and not up until I was about 11, that's when um, a softball team opened up at, there at the park. Um, I still remember my first coach, her name was Juanita or is Juanita. And I remember I was just 
excited. I was so happy to finally belong um, to a team and be able to be part of something with other girls my age. Um, so that was that was awesome. So that's where it all started for me. Like I just started um, with softball and um, you know middle school and in high school I also played um, softball and that's where I believe my junior year um, I decided, hey, I'm gonna join the cross country team. I want to stay in best shape for softball. What? Why not join? You know, how bad can it be? Um, so I did speak to the coach and I asked them, hey, can I join? I'm like, obviously, I don't have, I'm not the body image or I'm not um, fast. You know, this is going to be my first attempt just running, um, but it's only to stay in shape for softball. So it all started like that my junior year. Um, and I was, um, I wasn't the best at it, but I fell in love with it just going out there, um, running with other students, other friends there. Um, it, 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 it was just fun, relaxing. Um, and then little by little, I started losing weight because I was, I was heavy on the heavier side. Um, you know, a lot of softball or um, softball girls are like husky as we were told. Um, so we were on the heavier side um, I consider it strong, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's when I uh, I started running. I started losing my baby fat, as I call it, and um, I started falling in love with the sport because it was changing my body um, from what I used to look to, you know, this person. Well, this young girl, I didn't recognize myself because it's just it was a drastic change from you know, a heavy number to a lighter number. Yeah. Thank you for sharing with us. I, I feel like that's all too common and definitely something I've, I've been thinking so much about, um, with the journey SRC has taken and with so many people getting into the sport, maybe even not with that intention, right. Of changing their body, but that just being like a result of, of starting to run or of getting more into the sport and then seeing, where that can evolve and what it can look like. And one question that really got me was, would you still do this if it had no effect on your body um, or no effect on the way you looked? Like if running had no effect on that. And um, that was asked to me years ago, but it just stuck with me. And I think is something we can all consider of, of how to how to kind of make that shift or how to you know focus on so much more than, than that alone, so. Yeah, did you have anything else on that note to, to add? Yeah, well, I just want to echo, thank you for sharing. I mean, yeah. I think there are a lot of, you know, folks who've been through a similar experience mm -hmm. and it is very challenging, right? Because when we see, you know, a change and a shift in our body and then it's echoed by other folks. And I don't know if this was part of your experience, but I know when I talk to a lot of folks about, you know, having falling in love with a sport or something 
because it was changing their body. It's usually also too that folks are commenting on their body saying, oh, your body looks X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And that's reinforcing it as well. So I know that is a common experience for folks. And I don't want to say that that was part of your experience, but I know from what I hear that happens a lot um, just from other podcasts that we've had and such like that. So not as a comparison factor, but just as another thing that's noticed um, as well. Definitely. Well, something uh, I shared on, I, and I've shared before, I've, I've been open more about it in the recent years, is that that shift and me like falling in love with running, with that whole transition, I, I did have some uh, fallouts, I guess. Um, I did become anorexia because I, I anorexia because I, lo- I loved, I fell in love with the shape of you know of what running was giving me and so yeah it 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 became a dangerous at some point um you know I became a good liar um you know I would uh ride the school bus um at six in the morning go to school be at school at seven seven thirty and wouldn't be home till four or five I would I became a good liar telling my mom I would eat when I wouldn't eat um, and I would go all day without, you know, eating, um, which was, it became unhealthy for me because it, 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 it yeah, it, it's just, but then again, how do I put it? Um, I was also bullied in high school and in middle school because of my weight. And I didn't look like your typical girl, I guess I want to say it. <laughs> um, I was more of a tomboy and I had no problem with it, you know by all means, you know, I'm strong. I could, um, I'm a great, uh, I'm a good uh, softball player. I can run. Um, but I guess once you transition into like the teenage years, you start um, just acknowledging more of what others have to say. And sometimes it impacts you in a negative way. And sometimes you brush it off and you continue. But it, I guess for me, it impacted me in a negative way um, where, you know, like, yeah, like running was my escape, but at the same time I used it to, um, to make sure that I, I looked a certain way. Yeah, thanks again for sharing. And um, you share some experiences that I think are fairly common for a lot of folks who have struggled with anorexia. Um, and what I hear you saying as well is that there's also this social component to it um, too, where, you know, everybody's experiences are different and and though you know that aspect of being bullied as well I mean there's a lot that ties into it so once again I just thank you for sharing your your perspective and experiences um because I'm sure there are folks who are who are listening or who will listen I guess who can who can relate to it as well yeah yeah um so I know it sounds like you've had this kind of um, a tumultuous d- event in high school. It sounds like, you know, your eating disorder was in high school. Um, so I would love to hear, you know, how you transitioned into trail running. Like how did, was there a long stretch of time or was it something that happened right after high school or during high school? Kind of um, share the experience of that transition if, if you wouldn't mind. So I started trail running later, actually like four or five years ago. Um, when I was in high school and in college, cause I did run for LACC for two years. I ran cross country there and track. Um, and we were actually most of the times on the trails. 
we wouldn't run on streets or concrete. Um, our coach was all about running on trails to save our knees. Like, oh, you know, like trails are better. It's softer. Um, it's going to be less damaging to your body. But I didn't know about 50Ks. I didn't know about, you know, ultra running at all. Um, we just did it to, 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 um, for running, you know, just um, to train. And um, so that happened um, after college, I wanna say four or five years ago, that's when I transitioned into trails. Um, like I mentioned, I've always run on the trails, but I didn't know this whole world of ultra running until I became part of the ultra running community. And it's been amazing, um, you know, uh, I started with a 50K up in Ridgecrest, California, and I just fell in love with it. Um, I remember my first 50K when I passed the 26 mile mark, we had like a little cheer party. I'm like, yeah, we're running more than 26 miles. <laughs> like it's official. And um, so it's it's a great feeling. And um, just being part of the running, the ultra running trail community, it's amazing. Um, a lot of people cheer for you. They're there for you. Um, they're great support. I've met some of the closest friends to me through um, trail running. And even my fiance, he, um, I met him through the ultra running community. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah, we're both like, ah, oh, that's so awesome. I'm, oh, I have a question after Kelsey. Oh, I was just going to draw a parallel because um, when you were speaking earlier um, in your story, you were mentioning how you were happy to belong to a team. You know, when you joined, I think it was that first softball team um, or potentially it was the cross country team. I can't remember now, but you were happy because you belonged to a team and you were part of something uh, like something bigger than what you were. And I'm drawing, I'm seeing this parallel between that instance in your life and this current instance when you're talking about trail running. So is that something that really pulls you to trail running this community and this feeling of, of being a part of something that's bigger than you are? Definitely. Um, you know, I'm a people person. I just love uh, being around people. Um, and just being a part of a team or being part of a community is beautiful. Um, you meet people um, from different backgrounds, different cultures, and, you know, you, you just, it, it's a beautiful thing, honestly, um, to, to share um, miles with other people you go out to trail runs and you could be there for hours or for long miles and it goes by so fast um and it's just happy times out there we suffer together we smile together we laugh together and then we ask ourselves why do we do this <laughs> but we keep doing it <laughs> exactly i am like all there with you i also wondered too approaching running with like this new set of eyes after having taken, um, you know, some time away and some time to heal what, um, you know, just like what kind of brought you back into it, like the sense of community or like what else about it? Maybe were you noticing like you appreciated or enjoyed any components that maybe you hadn't before? Um, so I came back to it after I graduated from college. Um, with my bachelor's and I, I was missing something. Um, I let go of running because I told myself, you need to focus in school. You need to finish, get this degree. Let's go. Like years or months are passing by, just focus and um, concentrate. But after I graduated, I 
felt like I needed something. Um, I wasn't complete. I wasn't whole um, because sports have always been part of my life. And I felt like that was a way of me of releasing stress. Um, just, it was my, me time. It was a place where I could just run and not think of anything else, but me and, you know, the road ahead. Yeah. One of the reasons I love trail running is I think it's just this way, not only to connect with others and have a sense of community, but have your sense of me time and this personal connection to yourself. And then also cult, um, com just continuing on that, like this connection to nature, right. And exploring so many new trails. Yes. Um, that said, do you have any favorite trails or races either locally or ones that you've done before? I love, well, I'm going to say my fiance's 100 miler, AC 100, um, his first year, because that's where he proposed to me after oh. he did it. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite races, just because we share that special moment, even though I didn't race it, just the um, importance of that race is, it's everything. Um, so that's one of my favorite um, moment, well, races, but for me personally, um, Chicago, 2019, I'm losing track of years, um, 2019. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that's the year I literally gave my soul to my coach. Um, I question a lot of things and I, I'm an overthinker to everything. So <laughs> that year I told him, okay, I'm going to follow everything to the T. I'm not going to question you. Well, maybe I am but I'm gonna still do it, even though I might think it's a little too much. Um, and I did, um, like I say, I question everything and I always wonder what if, but what if this? Um, so that year I just, I did everything on the, on the schedule and I was able to PR at Chicago. And I mean, it's, it was just an amazing race um, for me. Um, I. I it was just a beautiful race. I, I shared it with good friends and um, it was memorable just because it was the last race we did before the pandemic and everything um, shut down. So that to me, that one was a special one. Um, you get to realize and just appreciate a lot. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, what were you gonna say? <laughs> you keep thinking along the same lines apparently today. Um, I was just gonna say, um, you know, it, there's something to be said about relinquishing that control, right? And how powerful of a feeling that is. It's so scary, right? Like that, like, I'm going to give everything to you right now and everything to my body at the same time. But especially coming from a background of, of disordered eating and an eating disorder, that is like most folks, and I won't, um, I'm not putting words, I'll just speak from my own experience. I know when I had my eating disorder, a lot of it was surrounding control, right? So mm -hmm. to be, I want to give you great credit to be able to let go of that control um, and not necessarily around food or whatever, but around a certain area of your life that you care about because that's challenging. So I really want to like highlight that and emphasize that and give you a virtual pat on the back because that's very difficult. So um, I think that in and of itself shows tremendous growth and that also you're so proud of it, which you rightfully should be. So um, what a, a remarkable experience it sounds like it was. Thank you. Yeah, I honestly, and I honestly, I'm very thankful for the support I have because my mom and actually my coaches are, they were 
always checking up on me. Even my current coach, I've actually known him since college. He was my assistant coach and now we reconnected and he's my coach now for the last four years. So it's amazing. So he knows my story. So he's always not remember, uh, reminded me, but just like, don't worry about that. You're fine. You know, you run these miles, you're fine. So he's such a good person and um, he really means well. And he is one of those coach, uh, coaches that really um, cares for others and, you know, their feelings and what they're going through. Um, you know, actually I have them to thank in college because that there's, they're the ones that caught my anorexia and they spoke to my mother. And, you know, my mom, of course, was scared. She, she didn't know what this was. Um, and so she made sure that she changed our eating habits or our, our style of eating into something that would be good for me um, or for all of us in a sense. So I have them to think actually, like, honestly, because, you know, I don't know what path would have, or what would have happened or where would I be today? Um, even though I'm sure, like I speak for myself, um, we still fight those demons here and there, they come back. Um, but honestly, I thank them for just being there for me and for reminding me that, hey, you're okay. Um, everything's gonna be okay. And I'm always gonna be thankful to them. Yeah, thank you again for sharing. And I think too, just acknowledging that like, no one's quite ever, or not speaking for everyone, but no one that I've spoken to or had this experience with um, has shared that they were just like 100% beyond whatever they were going through, um, whether it's mentally, physically, just challenges. Um, so I just appreciate you sharing that it's like this ongoing process and something you're constantly working on. And I noticed that um, you had sent over beforehand a little bit about yourself and that you practice self-talk. And I even know on Instagram, you do a lot of uh, just sort of like inspirational posts to others with whether it's a quote or something you were thinking about on the run. I was wondering if there's anything, any mantras or self-talk um and uh, Kelsey, you, you're going to be better at asking this question, self-talk methods or self-talk yeah, principles that you incorporate, like habits, practices, gratitude journals, et cetera. Do you do any of that? Megan, you know, nailed it. <laughs> I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts. I mean, thank you girls, because listening to other women um, doing my runs, even it's been so encouraging and so uplifting. Um, so that's what I do a lot, even YouTube videos. Um, I love watching th things like that. Um, so, you know, I, I literally just, um, I tune into a podcast or YouTube videos. Um, and that's really what I do. Um, any favorites, you know what, um, I was, who was it? Um, I don't remember her name and you guys did it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't remember her name. Um, <laughs> we'll think of it. Yes. I'll come back to that. Was one. this recent or? <laughs> yes, maybe we can, I For listeners, they're, they're going to have some fun trying to guess who this person is. Can you give us a hint? <laughs> maybe I could go back to it. <laughs> remember the episode number or maybe the, uh, were they a road, a trail runner? Road. Roadrunner professional? I don't think recent. So. Oh. I listened to it two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Okay. Okay. 
giving us some hints here. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll come back to you with that one. Well, thank you. Yeah. 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 It means yeah. a lot. No, I, I agree. I actually, um, I went for a walk this morning and there's something, so I'm not, uh, I, I'm choosing not to like, like move my body with anybody right now. Like it's kind of like my alone time. I feel as though right now for, I'm sitting on zoom all day long with folks that I just need some alone time. And so, um, I agree, Myra, I love ha having, you know, a podcast or a YouTube video when I'm on my bike trainer, just to watch and just to be in com camaraderie with when I'm not able to do that right now. And so, um, you know, that is, a really special time, especially if it's a, a strong female voice in my ears, like that is always so nice. So I agree. Um, I think there are folks out there right now who are doing some really incredible work and, and, you know, it, it pays tribute that we, you know, maybe in the show notes, we can highlight some of those folks. But we can. <laughs> I'm like, wait, was it Jessica Rodarte? No, though oh. I've heard of her because we're around She's the same awesome too. Yeah. No. Uh, was oh, it Therese Heiss, Mireille Sine. Oh, I love her. Annie Rodenfels. <laughs> Annie Rodenfels. I think it might have been her because I'm looking at all my listen to podcasts. <laughs> On body image, gender, and yes, sport. body yeah, image. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hers is a great one. We encourage folks to go back and listen. That was a really good one. So, I mean, as they all are, I, I don't, it's like one of those things, like not with children because I don't have kids, but, you know, I'm sure Kelsey can relate with students. Like all of our guests bring something totally unique and new. And when we even go back through, this is like a total side note, but we try to think of like, what were our favorite episodes this year? And I feel like there's just so many and just, you know, I think one of the magic pieces too, is like being able to connect you with maybe another guest that you enjoyed, et cetera. And like seeing what comes of that. So, and, and like um, we had said before, Jordan had re recommended reaching out to you, which I never would have otherwise. So I'm, or maybe I would have, but it wasn't like, you know, I didn't know exactly who you were. And then I heard from her and I'm like, oh, I have to reach out to Myra now. And so um, just really, really powerful when you can have those connections. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's see, kind of going back to that note with self-talk and practices you do on a day-to-day, -day, um, are there any other components that um, you've used, whether it's, you know, working with like, a professional in an arena, whether like um, mental health fueling, um, sports coaching, you had mentioned a coach, um, just ways that have helped you thrive even more as a runner. You know what, having a team, I think that has helped me thrive more as a runner, running with others. Um, you know, you push them, they push you. I feel like that's a a great source of, um, of uh, support to have um, because running by yourself all the time could get boring. <laughs> so I feel like just having a friend or a group of, uh, you know, a group of runners uh, out there with you is, is always fun. And I feel like that's helped me along the way because like I say, we just support each other. Um, whether we have a good run, whether we don't, um, we continue to encourage each other and support each other to keep going because essentially we're not going to have a good run every day. We're not going to have a great workout every speed work we do. Um, so I feel like having support of um, a group, um, I think that's, that's 
what I've enjoyed through the process. Awesome. Yeah, I, I really miss that component sometimes having a built in team uh, to run with back in the good old days and high school and college, but it is so magical that you now can almost choose your team right you have this ability to pick and choose and have this wonderful community of people that you can count on and run with um, along your way so very, very neat. Yeah, any questions on your end Kels that I hadn't gotten to yet. Oh my gosh, I always have so many questions. <laughs> um, so this might take a little bit of a detour um, away from running, if that's okay. But I would love to hear about the work that you do. Um, you mentioned earlier, um, and I caught just a little snippet of it, that you do um, some work with individuals who are homeless. So I am very curious, you know, what you do and if you'd be willing to share that aspect mm -hmm. of your life. Yes, yeah, so I am a housing stabilizer with LA Family Housing. So I've been in the social services field for about 13 years. So I did it for five years, then I left, then I'm back. <laughs> um, so I work with homeless individuals. Um, so we pretty much, so the housing stabilizer role um, is transitioning them from shelters or temporary housing into permanent housing. So we support them throughout the whole journey uh, for several years to make sure that they're um, capable of being um, more independent or how, how we like to say is being, um, bringing them back to, um, to the community, bringing them back to um, being independent. Um, because we, we, we've encountered and we encounter many different types of um, situations on um, addiction, mental health. Um, some individuals don't want the help some individuals do, but it takes time. Unfortunately, it takes years, it takes months, um, it depends. Um, so I do that <laughs> from Monday through Friday <laughs> um, and I enjoy it. I love the work. Um, it's frustrating, it's emotional, it's a little bit of everything just because you wished you would do more or sometimes you wish that, um, you know, they will do more, but I think it's, it's just an awe. Um, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful job with a lot of stress. <laughs> I love it though. I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I have so many successes and, um, you know, I, I just enjoy it. Um, you know, I just have so much respect for, um, for everyone that does it because it's hard. It's not an easy task. Yeah, it doesn't sound easy. And it sounds yeah. like you're managing a lot. And what I'm hearing you say too is meeting them where they're at, right? And like getting to a point in time where, you know, it sounds like you're not only helping them to navigate new transitions mm -hmm. in their life, but also recognizing that they've been through potentially a lot and are going through a lot. So mm -hmm. it's that, that level of, you know, um, what we call in higher education challenge and support, right? How much can I challenge this person, but also offer the support they need to get to that next transition in their life. Um, so it sounds like you're doing such meaningful work and I, I appreciate it because it sounds, it does sound very difficult. So mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you. No, yeah, we actually call it the whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes. Um, uh, so we, we, no matter if they're addicting, uh, have addictions, mental health, anything, yeah. we house them, no question asked, and then we work with everything else. Um, connecting them with doctors, connecting them to pretty much real life again. 
Yeah. And sometimes, like I, like I mentioned, sometimes it's great and sometimes it doesn't and some need more support than others, yeah. but we're there um, to support them no matter what. Yeah, yeah, and this kind of maybe ties in with um, a question Meg asked earlier. Um, so because this job sounds so, you know, kind of exhausting and correct me if I'm wrong at times, but exhausting at times, how do you take care of yourself? Like, how, how do you find that balance between, okay, how do I separate myself from my work? Because I think this is a tricky thing, especially during COVID for folks who are working at home. And I know you're really kind of on the, like doing very, being very active in, in the work that you're doing, but how do you separate yourself from, you know, the work that you're doing with these folks into kind of your own space and your own time? It's, it was challenging at the beginning when I went into this field, it was challenging where I would go home and I felt depressed. I would just go to sleep because it was so emotionally hard to see it. Um, you know, because at the beginning of um, my career, I started working with families and just seeing kids sleeping in cars or sleeping in shelters just broke my heart. Like a child shouldn't be going through that like why and I'm going home to a cozy home while this child is going back to the car or back to a shelter like that's unfair um you know but we all have different circumstances um but I'm happy to be that support um and I'm actually now back to families I left the um single individuals about a month ago um, and it's challenging. It's very challenging. I tell you, I could disconnect myself and go run, but then there'll be like, a, something will come back and say, oh my gosh, I wonder how they're feeling. But I have friends who've been in the field longer than me and they've been such great um, support and they've given me advice like, hey, if you don't let go of work when you clock out, this job is going to eat you alive and you're not going to surviving it um, because we've seen other people not you know quit and leave because it's so emotionally hard um so running honestly is my escape goat um when I clock out or my fiance is great as it just comes home and we, we just have good conversations and we're laughing um being silly and I leave work to the side at least I try my best <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And that's a hard thing to do. Um, that's actually, um, yeah, it, it's something I talk to a lot of folks about just because it's so challenging to do, you know, especially in a field where we're caring for others, because there is that little voice. that's like, Oh, I wonder how so-and-so is doing. Oh, did I give that so-and-so that resource? Oh, did I, you know, answer that question the right way? You know, all those thoughts that go into our head. And so, um, I know one thing that's been really helpful or has been helpful for me in the past is like, I create almost this, um, sometimes I used to drive a really long way home so I can listen to some music on my way home just so I could have the space to myself to really decompress after the day. And then when I walk in through my door, I left everything in my car or like on the streets of the road that I drove down. And that when I walked through my door, I was like, okay, here it is. And in all reality, you know, of course there's still going to be that little voice in my head, but I knew that I had taken at least some space between my work day and my own personal day. So thanks for sharing. And I, I'm sure a lot of folks who are listening can, can relate to, you know, being in a field that's very draining with people all the time, but also providing so many wonderful services. Definitely. And it's hard, but it's beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we want to be super mindful of your time and we want to thank you again for being on, but we always like to wrap up with two questions that we ask all of our guests. So I'll take how Megan, I take the first one, you take the second. Sure. Sounds great. (laughs) So um, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, Not to worry, not to overlook at things. um, Because like I mentioned before, um, I'm an overthinker. I try to do and help as much as possible, even if it means putting myself in the whole situation, um, just to relax and enjoy, you know, the ride, um, enjoy the moments. Um, you know, I, that's something I still am working with um, because I feel like I need to control everything <laughs> or not control everything, just making sure things go right. Um, and I'm human and I should be okay with, you know, mistakes and whatnot. So just to enjoy life. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I, I always try to look like on the Zoom reactions for the emoji with like the double hands up like going like that because I was trying to do it. But I was like, wait, there's no emoji for that. But yes, I completely agree. I think um, I can really wholeheartedly with like the control and just trying to let go of things. So I, I appreciate you you nodding to that. Um, but Megan, I'll leave it to you now. I just had to throw my, wish, my wishful thinking for if Zoom ever sees this, can you throw an emoji or make a reaction with the two yeah. hands? That would be great. <laughs> Yeah. Our, our final question is what does being a strong runner chick mean to you? Um, not to give up, to be patient, to love yourself, but most importantly, to be kind to yourself. Oh, so, so important. That kindness piece, self-compassion, self-kindness. Thank you for sharing with us today and, you know, for joining us for the show. It was really wonderful to chat with you and, and learn more about your story. Do you have any way that listeners can follow and stay connected? Um, My Instagram, that's usually where I'm most active in, um, born to run. Awesome. So they could follow me there. I love it. Born to run. Born with the number two, right? Born with the number two, yeah. Born to run, 87. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. Thank you again. And yeah, I loved, loved our chat and thanks for being on. Thank you ladies yeah. for today. It was a pleasure being on um, and hope to talk to you guys soon. Yeah, us too. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.